Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Actually, or was that Cade Cunningham? It was Monty Williams. That was Monty Williams. All right. Bobby, I tried. I tried to wheel them to a win last night. I was sitting there as if that was a game seven of the NBA Finals. I think a lot of us. We're watching that game. I, at the start of it early on, uh, nothing was, we didn't eat dinner. I was yeah. kind of sitting there and I was actually watching the game that got off to the good start. Yes. Then we did some other stuff and I happened to go back and I see him lose <laughs> it. And it like, it hurt. Like it hurt. You just, Can you, don't, you don't want to see anybody unless it's like the Patriots or something <laughs> go through what the Pistons and, are currently going. Hey, Cade Cunningham, man, he tried. He tried to literally carry them across the finish line and get that losing streak knocked out. But in the end, Bobby, you saw why this team is bad. Just turnovers, giving up, you know, offensive rebounding. And they Brooklyn even missed free throws down the stretch, but they tried to give the Pistons an opening, and they just couldn't – other than Cade, nobody was willing to walk through the door. And I didn't even realize while watching it last night, because we talked about it at the end of the show, I didn't realize it was like the NBA record for most losses in a season. It's still not the record, which the 76ers have, which is just, what, one more game? Yeah, and, and the Pistons have the Celtics tomorrow yeah, night, so, so it's, it's coming. Then I think they play the Raptors at home, which the win percentage thrown out there by the random computers is like 34%. Then after that... I don't think there's anything till January 10th. They play the Spurs. So that could be a game. But, I, man, it is incredible of what is going on with the Detroit Pistons right now and just how miserable. Blame Molly. I mean, you think two teams recently yeah. she's attached her fandom to. Yep. The L.A. Angels, and she has killed them. And now the Detroit Pistons are making history. There's only one person you can blame, yeah. and that is Molly Cotton. All right, we're with you here. Just a two-hour show as we wrap up the year. You heard Al, uh, his final show of the year. we got bowl games coming your way the rest of the week. Uh, that includes coming up here at 5 o'clock, the Duke's Mail Bowl, uh, set to kick off 5.30, airtime at 5 here on the station. So with you just till 5, do have Greg Allman, who uh, covers the NFC South uh, for Fox Sports. I used to cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in particular, so we'll go across the division with Greg and Reggie Walker. Our usual Wednesday visit with Reggie will be a little bit earlier today at 4.30, as we'll get Reggie's thoughts on some college football and maybe 
NFL as well. You're always welcome to join in. Text line 704-800-4827, or you can give us a call 704-332-0173. As I mentioned, the Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, kicking off here in just over two hours. North Carolina and West Virginia. As we know, the Tar Heels with a decent amount of key players not playing in this game. Number one of that is their quarterback, Drake May, also their stud wide receiver, Tez Walker, as both those guys turning their attention to the NFL draft. West Virginia comes into this game as they are favorites because of what is missing for North Carolina. They're also third in the FBS in rushing with 234.3 yards per game and 31 touchdowns. And, uh, Mark, I mean, it feels like today is maybe a bigger start of bowl season as we get much more, I think, notable teams that are playing, and that includes with numerous games today and definitely picks up uh, with more tomorrow. But I heard you mention this with Al and Lane Kiffin had said this, and I think, as you said, I just don't know what the answer is. Because, yeah, what yeah, other sport? If you miss Lane Kiffin, basically saying who has free agency when your Season's playoffs going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> basically you're, yeah. are going on, but all these players. But, again, if you just said, all right, well, you can't transfer till February. Well, what's to say a kid's going to be like, well, I'm not going to go play in the Duke's Mayo Bowl when I don't want to get hurt and it's going to impact where I'm going to go next. So I, I don't know, Mark, if there is a great solution in the current landscape that we have in college athletics of when you would say a player can transfer, not transfer. And, Bobby, it goes back to, and I know we have talked about this numerous times. Other people have talked about this. It just feels like some point you need a commissioner of college football you need somebody something to oversee because this doesn't whether with transfer portal whether it's nil this stuff just doesn't feel like it was all the i's were dotted and the t's were crossed and people really thought this out before it you just let the doors open and say all right kids you can go wherever you want do whatever you want and it's a it's a mess and i i just i hate it i i i understand why these these guys are doing it? I'm all for you know you should have the freedom to to play where you want. We've seen coaches do it for years, so the players obviously have the right to do it as well. But man, it's just I keep going back to this. If I was a fan and I paid good money to travel to one of these bowl games and like the Orange Bowl, Bobby, you got what forty guys combined between Florida yeah. State and Georgia. Not the only playing thing I would game. say is most of these games, Mark, prior to you shelling out any money, you should have known yeah. that these guys aren't going to play. And I don't know if you saw the story. Alex Atkins, the offensive coordinator for Florida State, of course, used to coach Charlotte. So after he coached here in Charlotte in the ACC championship game, I guess he stayed the night and flew across the country out to California. So he didn't see the selection. So he said he landed and he saw they were playing Georgia, and he just assumed, he assumed it, it was, was the college oh, football man. playoff. Oh. He goes, it wasn't until somebody, because he was Yo. wearing a Florida State shirt, saying, man, you guys got hosed. Oh, <laughs> and no. He even knew I had not seen that. Yeah, oh, that man. He was even aware oh. that Florida State had wow. not made the college football playoff, oh. but were just put in, in this scenario. And this is where it's tough with college sports, because I'm with you. You don't blame the players, right? They, they deserve this opportunity as we, we see what goes on with coaches all the time and, and I don't think it like it doesn't hurt the college football regular season if you're sitting there uh, a fan of whatever school it may be whether you were here locally the Charlotte 49ers you were up in Boone with App whether you were in Durham with Duke Chapel Hill with the Heels down in Clemson with uh, the Tigers you 
You support your football team. You're there for your football team. But bowl season now is just drastically different. And today, yes, it's an opportunity. You know, Connor Harrell starting a quarterback for the Tarheel. This is a great opportunity for him. But it's not the guy that was the quarterback for 12 games this year for North Carolina and what made them a very intriguing team to watch throughout the season. Then you got West Virginia, which – I'm not fully up to date on the Mountaineers, Mark, but it feels like this team, they're here. Intact, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, this is more of the Mountaineer team you saw throughout the regular season, and that definitely gives them an advantage into this game and why they have the edge uh, going into it. Of course, college basketball is the same thing, and when you're talking less players on a team, it feels even more wild, wild west when we go to the college basketball landscape of it. And I do know there are certain fans out there that I think it's, Tempting how much they do love the school they root for, considering what the current landscape is of college athletics. Yeah, and look, we, we've seen coaches, whether it was Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, Jay Wright, these guys step away, and you can't tell me the way that things are now between NIL, Transfer Portal, and all that did, did not have something to do with those guys walking away because that, that you could they still had it in their blood, Bobby. They still wanted to win and they still had the fire and the passion, but they just, I don't think had the passion to go out and re-recruit guys that you've already recruited. And you're basically had to re-recruit them to get them to stay. And that's, that takes its toll. And I I think those guys, the old school guys kind of like, you know what? I, I don't need to do this. So they, they walked away, but it is the landscape, whether you like it or not. Unfortunately, that's, that's the way it is. And we've seen, we talk about it. You just have to, you have to adapt. Coaches have adapted. Players have certainly adapted, but it's it is a it's a frenzy this time of year with what you're going to get and you know what kind of games are you going to see today at Bank of America Stadium? I have no idea. Or for any of these bowl games, you just who wants to be there and can you put? If you're a coach, can you put together kind of a hodgepodge of guys who maybe haven't seen a lot of action on the field this year? Can you can you bring them together enough to to win one of these games? And I was just. As you were talking, I looked up at the TV. I have on the military bowl, Virginia Tech and Tulane, and it looked like the Tulane quarterback carted off with a cast on his oh. right leg. And I, I don't know if he's yeah the guy that was the reason they were 11-2 and two this year. I'm not sure what the, that status is with Tulane, but you just look up and I see this kid getting carted off the field. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is why a lot of these guys don't play in this game. So anyway, go out to the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Enjoy it. Uh, listen to it right here on 730 The Game. Hornets last night, they fall to the Clippers. So they're not the Pistons, but they're not very good. Uh, Charlotte Falls 113-104. Uh, stop me if you haven't heard this before, but Gordon Hayward injured last night. Mm-hmm. He had to leave the game in the third quarter with a calf strain. Charlotte actually led 91-84 with 929 left, but then a 26-9 run by the Clippers who were playing this game without Kawhi Leonard uh, grab control and eventually pick up the victory. Does anybody blow leads faster than the Hornets? I, I swear they—they they, yeah. you said they were up ninety-one, eighty-four, and you're like, are they really going to do this? And before you could blink an eye, they were already back down too. I mean, the Clippers came back that quickly, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, and uh, nineteen to two run over the span of about five minutes. Yeah, and the game was yeah. over and uh, back comfortably in the hands of the Clippers. Horn is now eight straight losses as the longest streak of the season. Clippers, they've won 14 straight at home against the Charlotte Hornets. All right, we got a, a busy two hours here. Again, Greg Allman coming up here, 345. We'll give you our year in review, and I'll be honest with you, there's one question I wrote down. Charlotte Sports Person of the Year. 
If you have an answer, feel free. <laughs> I've been I've been to trying to think of one. Send in a uh, text at 704-800-4827. You could tweet us at 730thegame, at Bobby Rosinski, at Mark Yarbrough, because, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's <laughs> it's hard to think of what that story uh, might be. We'll look at the story of the year in Charlotte sports as well. There's a few different options uh, that you can have there. All right, we'll take a timeout. We got Pick'em for another week of the NFL and college football playoffs coming your way next. Got our year in review coming up here in just about 12 minutes from now. Greg Allman, Fox Sports. We'll talk NFC South with Greg, course Panthers. Gearing up for their matchup down in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. So just the third time the Panthers ever played on New Year's Eve as uh, they get uh, set uh, for this game. Uh, Panthers today on the injured list. A lot of guys uh, just uh, kind of more vet-type days uh, that didn't practice. J.C. Horn, Frankie Louvu, uh, Icky, uh, some of those guys that are on that list for Carolina as they prepare for their final road game of the 2023 season. All right, uh, pick them. Seemed like it got a lot more interesting here. As well, I it certainly did. Took a look here at the standings. And before anyone gives credit for Molly, I emailed her today to send out Pick'em <laughs> because I don't think she was paying attention uh, that we needed it today. But Al is in first. But it is not Molly anymore in second place. It would be Mr. Mark Yarborough, who <gasps> all of a sudden is just two games behind Al. By far, I think, the closest you have been oh, yeah. since the preseason. Bobby, it's been a slow climb. And I want to say climb. I've been in that third spot, it seems like, for most of the season. But I've just kind of stayed there, biding my time. And then I finally made my move here in the last couple of weeks. All right, I got to get got to get Molly first. I've moved past her, and now i got one person in my sight. What did you go last week? I was 3-2. Three and, two. Three and two. I was 2-3. and three. I think I heard Al say he was winless. Well, that certainly helped me get get closer then. Because Molly must have been. Yeah, I don't think she did great either. About so. the same. Because even now, I am not close to Al yet. But even Molly's kind of yeah. like I can see her in the distance. Yeah. Just four ahead. Because Molly is me. Uh, so we got Al is 64 and 44. Mark 62, 48. Molly 60 and 60. I'm four back. My son's seven back of Molly. And then uh, Mario's still in deadline. Did you take the Falcons last week? Against the Colts, I did. Yes, I thought that was the easiest pick of the of of the every oh, game. I, I think I noticed we were like the only two to because Bobby, we have seen this. What does Taylor Heineke do the first game he takes over? He always plays well. Yeah. He comes in and you're like, why wasn't Taylor Heineke starting? And then games two, three, you're like, oh yeah, that's why. I but just, I knew game one he he was going to play well. I just thought return. the Colts aren't that good. Yeah. Pittman was out like. This is a game. Atlanta Falcons. They're ticked off after yeah. what happened here. They will uh, take care of business uh, in that game. But uh, drama here as we are ready now for another week of Pick'em on the station. And uh, we will start a little Saturday night football, Mark, as the Cowboys play host to the Lions. Now, the belief might be, well, the Lions clinched the north. They're going to come in a little fat and happy, kind of a letdown. Bobby, it's a long shot. But the Lions actually right now still have a chance to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs here in the NFC. So they have something to play for. So it's not like they're not going to show up. I don't know if they win the game, but six points, 
I think the Lions offense can do their part. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Dallas probably wins, but six points? I'll take the Lions in six points. Yeah, I have, uh, obviously, my picks. My son's picks and Mario's picks. So that doesn't really help you in knowing what the other two people that actually matter have picked, but the rest of us agree with you. The Detroit Lions are the team to take here because I don't. Lions do have a lot to play for. They could find their way still in the two seed if uh, things broke their way for Detroit here. Dallas, obviously, a lot to prove as well at home, but they've been so good at home. I think this will be a high fun watch game on Saturday night, but give me the Lions at least getting six points. Those Falcons who we talked about, they're in Chicago taking on the Bears and two quarterbacks, Mark, that I would say I don't trust either one heading in to this game. The game just means more for the Falcons, even with the Bucks in the driver's seat to win the NFC South, and if they beat the Saints this weekend, we'll get to that game, they win the division. Falcons still... If they went out, a little help could get themselves a wild card berth. And who would have thought the NFC South could have two teams there? So I'm going to go Atlanta in this game. Uh, my son and no shock Mario both going Bears. I can't disagree with you about who it means more. Obviously, it is the Falcons. But I will go back to my previous statement. You saw Taylor Heineke play relatively well last week. That usually means there's trouble right around the corner. And, Bobby, that trouble is going to come up Sunday at Soldier Field. Whether it's going to be cold, could be some snow in the forecast. Give me the Bears. I just think they're they're actually playing better football right now than the Falcons, even though the Falcons just took care of business against the Colts. So I'll take the Bears in the three. I think they get it done. All right, up next, match of those Bucks, Saints, Tampa favored by three. Again, I will take the better quarterback in this game, the better team in this game. The better team is Tampa. The better quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Buccaneers minus the three. And who would have thought that? Yeah, no. year, that You'd be sitting there saying the better quarterback is Baker Mayfield, but I'm with you. My son, Mario, also going with the Buccaneers in this game. The game of the weekend, which for some reason, again, is 1 o'clock <laughs> on Sunday. Dolphins-Ravens did see Tyree kill Jalen Waddle. Both did not practice. Uh, Hill played this weekend. I think he's fine. Waddle, there's the, I think a lot more concern of what his status is going to be uh, moving forward. This game with so much at stake. Baltimore, obviously, they win. They have home field throughout the AFC postseason. They would also open up the door for the Bills to win the AFC East if Buffalo can knock off the New England Patriots. Dolphins, if they win, they control uh, things in terms of getting home field advantage throughout the AFC. Baltimore's just proven more to me throughout the year, and this is a team who talked too much smack last week about being disrespected that they got to to show it again here this week against the Miami Dolphins. That's a physical defense. I don't think that's good for Tua. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to get physical with with the Dolphins. Bobby, you mentioned it. Doesn't feel like Waddle's going to go with that high ankle sprain. I, I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill will play, but I think they'll get physical with him. Dolphins will score some points, but it won't be enough. I think the Ravens' defense is the difference here, actually. So give me Baltimore at home minus the three. All right, all four of us taking the Baltimore Ravens in this game. All right, Mark, up next, it's the Panthers getting six points down in Jackson. And again, we have a game where we're not sure about the quarterback situation. Trevor Lawrence talked to the media today. Said he wasn't going to do a whole lot. Going to try to do a little bit more tomorrow. But his status is up in the air. But Bobby, for the first time, I don't know if I've even taken him all year. But I'm taking him here. 
And it wouldn't shock me actually if they won the game, but I'll take them to cover. Give me Carolina plus the six with or without Trevor Lawrence. I need to go back and look. My record picking the Panthers is Detroit Piskins S <laughs> this season. And I have gone both ways of taking Carolina, not taking Carolina. It doesn't seem to matter what I do. The Panthers always disappoint me when it comes to the point spread. Jacksonville is playing bad football right now. I think Carolina's got some confidence, and I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised it's a six-point spread. I feel like that's a little high as they go into this game, and Trevor Lawrence doesn't matter to me whether he plays or not. So I'm with you. I'm taking Carolina. Uh, my son and Mario both going Jacksonville in this game. All right, we switch over to the college football playoffs. We got Alabama and Michigan. The Vomit Bowl will take place <laughs> Michigan's favored by two. As our good friend Lee Sterling would say, wrong team favored. Give me Alabama to knock off Michigan. And it's just, I believe, in Alabama's offense more than Michigan's offense. And especially at quarterback, Bobby, that's where I'm leaning right now is give me Jalen Milrow over J.J. McCarthy. And it comes down to that. I just trust him playing better football. I'll take the tide. People won't like it. Don't know if people would like it if Michigan won. People won't like it if Alabama wins. But guess what? Bama's going to win plus the two. And it does lead to Texas and Washington. And whoever wins will be the American favorite, yes. I would assume, in the national championship game. Texas mark favored by four and a half. I do think this will be a fun game. It'll be high scoring. But I, again, I, I, I love Michael Penix. But give me the Longhorns. I think defensively, they, get, they make a stand late and win it. So Texas minus the four and a half. I thought four and a half was a little much. I like Michael Penix. So I'm going to take Washington in this game. Maybe Texas wins 30 to 27, but that would be good enough to give me a dub. So I'm going with Washington. My son took Washington. Mario, he did go with the Texas Longhorns. So there you go. Another week of pick them here on at 730 the game. Greg Allman talking NFC South 345, but we'll look back. Who's that Charlotte sports person of the year? Seriously, who is it? Let us know. <laughs> it's the afternoon rush, seven thirty. The game, kind of cringeworthy when you. I know it's been a while since I've heard that voice. I was like, whoa, whoa. That was back in February when Frank Reich was introduced, mm. yeah, as the Carolina Panther head football coach. <laughs> we laughed about it. <laughs> Boy, you, fly, you move forward a year later. Yeah. Things have changed a little now. bit here of how it went down with Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, play calling for the Carolina Panthers. Greg Allman joining us here coming up in just about 12 minutes from now. But as uh, this is our final show of this calendar year, we'll be off till next Tuesday with bowl games again coming up here on the station. Looking back on the year and story of the year in Charlotte, Mark. It feels like it has to be a Panther story. Now, there were some other things that went down. Uh, Charlotte FC did make the playoffs, didn't keep their coach their job, but they did make the playoffs. You had Ron Sanchez basically quit on uh, Charlotte. Uh, Biff Pogey arrived, but I actually wrote down Biff's cutoff. I thought that was (laughs) the major story. Miles Bridges back with the Charlotte Hornets. And, oh, yeah, Jordan sold the team. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't feel like it's that big of a story no. anymore. Uh, I don't know if there's something else out there anybody wants to throw in, but uh, those are the ones I thought of, uh, but still feels like it's a Carolina Panther award. Yeah, Bobby, the fact that you hired a man and then that man was fired in the season, did not even make it through the season, won 
full season. That to me, that's that's the story of the year. I think it is the hiring and firing of Frank Reich, and just the debacle that this season has become for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, it is no doubt been a debacle. I mean, you got Brian Burns that's all speaking to the media today about how this is worse. Or it's been a rougher year than last year was for this team. Of course, last year when Steve Wilkes took over, there was excitement. There, there was good stuff going on around the team, and that just obviously did not carry over into this season. And uh, for the Panthers, yeah, I would look Frank Reich. Uh, I guess the whole process of Frank Reich is kind of the story of the year and where the Carolina Panthers are at this point in time and despite Sunday where if you were at the game or you watched the game you at least I think felt better watching the Panthers it doesn't big picture do anything of what this team is going to be like in 2024 because we just don't know we don't know who the head coach is going to be Scott Fitter is still going to be the GM to the Diana Rossini report we talked about yesterday is David Tepper actually changing who he is, uh, text her in just a minute ago, is Tepper's New Year's resolution not to fire a coach in 2024. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold him to no, that. No, I definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't. Would not uh, be if that was your wish for the no. year or something. I, I don't think I'd, I'd waste my breath uh, on that. But the disarray of this franchise, and will it get better? Because we, we'd be sitting here a year ago, Mark, wrapping up the year, thinking, all right, Steve Wilkes, maybe he gets the job, maybe he doesn't, but... You feel better about the direction of the Carolina Panthers and to be sitting here a year later and looking at where this team is. You don't know who the coach is going to be. You don't know if Bryce Young's a franchise quarterback. Your you thought was a franchise left tackle is leaving you a lot of doubt. There's just not many answers here of who's good. I always thought Brian Burns would have had some big contract by now for the Panthers. That didn't happen. There's too much unknown. You've got more questions now, Bobby, than you did this time last year. You, you don't know who the coach is. You don't know – you, you just ran him down, GM. You don't still don't know about Bryce Young really going forward. Brian Burns, is he going to be here? Yeah, there, there's more questions now than there ever has been, and this really was worst-case scenario this year. You, you move up to take Bryce Young. It has not really panned out to this point. Again, maybe things get better going into 24, but you fire your coach – the pick hasn't worked out. You don't have now a high first-round draft pick. Yeah, you have that first pick of the second round, which is basically a late first-rounder. But it's just about as as about as bad as things could have possibly gone. They have gone here. You know, there was another soundbite I almost put in the open earlier when I was just going back to January and February audio, and it was just it was Al Wallace on what basically needs to happen, and it was all about Jeremy Chin going to yeah, outside wow. linebacker. And Mark, I legit had to Google Jeremy and be like, <laughs> is, is he hurt? Or I, I really had zero idea he was still playing yeah. for this team. And he had two combined tackles this past weekend against the Packers, had one tackle against the Falcons. I mean, this dude is non-existent for Carolina anymore. I mean, he basically might as well be where Terrace Marshall has been for yeah. the last month and a half, and that's just inactive, just Wherever Terrace Marshall's watching these games, that's, that's where he is. Uh, texter David Tepper for Sports Person of the Year because who else had a bigger influence on Charlotte sports this past year? And you know what? It's probably right. I can't argue that. It's not like Sports Person of the Year technically has to, has be, to be a good, good Right. I was going to bring that up. I don't think it has to be on the good side. And there really is nobody in this town that's had a bigger impact on the sports world 
around here this year than David Tepper, unfortunately. Tepper would just hear that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Big impact. I brought put some on my desk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did bring Messi, brought concerts, all that stuff. <laughs> yes, he did. The Bank of America Stadium. So, yeah, we're, we're sitting here looking at a franchise that became a laughing stock. And national media-wise, look, we've been critical of Tepper for a while here. But nationally, I don't think Tepper was really ever talked about much until this transpired with Frank Reich and where this franchise is right now. That brought a a black eye really uh, on the Panthers. We can go to the, the end of Jerry Richardson's tenure of what led to the party. There's been obviously other situations that have gone on in Carolina Panther history, but in terms of just having an owner that didn't know what the hell he was doing, you know, Michael Jordan was mocked, I feel like, a, a decent amount during his tenure. Uh, but Tepper was something else of how at least Jordan did play the sport. I mean, Tepper just grew up in Pittsburgh and acted like he created the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Bobby, it's not just that. It's just the the overall feeling around the organizations here that he's involved with. It's just like it's not a great place of employment. We've seen time after time after time again people leave these organizations and he talked about coaches texting people within the the NFL state. You don't want to come here. This is not a great place to be. And that's just – that's not where you want to be as an organization. Unfortunately, right now, that feels like that's where the Panthers are. So, not a great year of Charlotte sports. There there were positives that I got tweeted earlier. You know, Charlotte baseball won the conference tournament. Uh, Charlotte softball was good. Uh, I'm sure there's some other teams out there. <laughs> <laughs> that did something, but for the most part, let's be honest, things weren't great. Rough. Things weren't great here in Charlotte in 2023. We go big picture. What's the biggest sports story of the year? Bobby, I, you go through each month, and I, I just I, I just go back to the first, really the first week of the 2023. What was it? January 2nd? It was January 2nd. And, and that night in Cincinnati – is still a moment that none of us are ever going to forget. And it was still amazing the fact that DeMar Hamlin is not only alive, but he's back on the on the field playing football. That, to me, with everything else that has happened, you know, people winning championships and individual things, that, to me, is still the story of the year that DeMar Hamlin's life was saved on the field that night in Cincinnati. I'll go messy. Comes to the United States thanks to David Tepper. I don't know if yeah, anyone actually. Yeah, really, it really was. Tepper him. was a part of that. But Messi coming here, uh, part of Miami now in MLS, and just the impact that had uh, during the month of July, kind of August. Uh, obviously, they won the one tournament that was going on during the summer that he got there. Couldn't make the playoffs, and I think that will be a different story next year. Uh, for Messi when we see him a full year here in Charlotte. Obviously, DeMar Hamlin, uh, a part of that. You had LeBron pass Kareem for the all-time scoring record. Uh, John Rahm wins the Masters, leaves the PGA <laughs> Tour, all that happening uh, within a year. Spurs win the draft lottery. Maybe that's something in 20 years we're talking about with Victor Wembanyama. Taylor takes over the NFL, yes, basically. Taylor did that. <laughs> uh, Josh Harris buys the Commanders. Uh, you had that. And also another big story that happened this month is Otani to yep. the Dodgers, al- along with uh, Yanamoto, the pitcher, 
uh, from Japan as well. So that's something we'll be looking at as the, the years move forward and the impact it will have uh, in Major League Baseball. And, of course, baseball this year also brought us the uh, new rules that we had that I thought uh, helped out the sport in a good way. All right, we'll take a timeout, uh, jump into some NFL, look at the NFC South. Greg Allman, Fox Sports, with us next. 